0: We turn to a reading in 1 Samuel, and this is the, you might call it an appendix to the famous, well-known story of David slaying Goliath. That amazing feat has just happened, and this is what happens next. When King Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, whose son is this young man? Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. The king said, inquire whose son the stripling is. So on David's return from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, Saul's son, was bound to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul, as his own brother. Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David, Because he loved him as his own soul, Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. As a result, Saul set him over the army. And all the people, even the servants, approved the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. This is one small piece of such a great story, a treacherous story, an incredible story, a dynamic story filled with twists and turns and you present all along the way we speak of it. Speak to us as we think on it. Attend to us. Lift us with your holy word this day, we pray, O God, in Christ's name. Amen. What do you think God notices? Does God notice some things over others like when a person goes hungry or suffers oppression? Does God notice when the leaders of two nations get together for the first time? Or when a country struggles with the balance of monitoring its border while also being compassionate to people? Does God notice that stuff? Well, sure, you say. Sure, God God notices everything. God sees everything. God knows everything. God is present everywhere. In other words, God is omniscient and omnipresent. Okay, but sometimes doesn't it feel as if God pays close attention to certain things? What does God do? notice the reading we just read is part of a story that's all about getting noticed who is this young man King Saul wants to know where did he come from whose family is he a member of who is he no one knows and before Goliath no one cares Before Goliath, David was a nobody, a nothing. Before Goliath, he was just some shepherd boy from the country. Just some kid from way out in the sticks. No one knew him. No one cared before Goliath. But when that happened, all of a sudden, everybody cared. All of a sudden, everyone wanted to know who he was. Who is this young man? King Saul cries. Where did he come from? Who is he? And from that moment on, David begins his famous ride to the top. His name, his 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 name becomes a household word. His popularity shoots through the roof. He has success after success after success. Saul puts him in charge of the army and he just cannot lose. Saul's own son, Jonathan, loves him like a brother. Gives him his robe as a sign that he will one day relinquish his right to the crown, to David. Who doesn't love David becomes the question of the day. But does God pay attention to that stuff? I find it interesting that God is actually not mentioned once through this part of the story. What does God notice? In order to answer that question, we're going to have to go back to the beginning of the story. At the very beginning of the story of David, God sends the prophet Samuel to look for a new king. God, of course, already knows who it is, but sends Samuel to find him. Go look for a new king, God says. Now this is the same Samuel who, when he was a kid, God called him in the middle of the night. Do you remember that story? Samuel, Samuel, and he thinks it's Eli, and he runs in and he says, Here I am, and Eli says, Go back to to bed, boy, you're dreaming. Listen again. That same Samuel, it's the same one, only now he's all grown up. Saul, God sends Samuel to find a new king. Saul was king, but God had decided that he wasn't right for the throne. Find a new king, he says. Go to Bethlehem, where I have found a new king amongst the sons of Jesse. So, like a good prophet, Samuel does it. He goes and he finds the family of Jesse, meets in their house and sits down. And the first son that he comes across is Eliab. Now, Eliab is tall and broad and big and powerful in his, in, in his presence, in his presentation. And t- Samuel takes one look at him and says, this must be the one, boy. You sure know how to pick them, God, you know. And God says, No. And then God says something that gives us a glimpse in the very nature and character of who God is, what God notices. He says to Samuel, he says, don't pay attention to how things look. You mortals, he says, don't see things the way I do. You look upon outward appearances. I look upon the heart. And there it is. I look upon the heart. God looks upon the heart. As Walter Brueggemann points out, God is on the hunt for a king with a rightly committed heart. God notices the heart. Samuel has to go through all the rest of the sons before he finally figures that whole thing out, finally gets it. One after another, is that the one? No. What about this one? No, God, No. God says. What about that one? That one looks really good. No. He, it comes to the end of what he thinks is the end of all the sons. He looks at Jesse and says, Jesse, I think we're out of sons. You got any more sons out there? And Jesse kind of hymns and haws. He looks at the floor and, you know, and, and he says, well, you know, we, there is David, but he's not much to look at, so we keep him in the back. look at outward appearance God notices the heart it's a theme that runs throughout the entire Bible we don't know what we're doing Z. we don't have a clue When the Jewish people find themselves in exile in the Old Testament, they turn away from God. They don't know what they're doing. See, they don't know what they're doing. They don't have a clue. What does God do? God stays with them because God notices their heart. In the early days of the church, Paul persecutes and imprisons the very first Christians, He doesn't know what he's doing. But at one point, and finally it comes to a point where he changes what he does. Why? Because God sees his heart. another story, Peter is asked to go visit a man named Cornelius, a Gentile, and he ultimately is requested to baptize him a no-no. You don't baptize Gentiles on the face of things. Peter knows that. He doesn't know what to do, but he does it anyway. Why? Because God reveals to him his heart. Throughout his whole ministry, Jesus does that very same thing. He goes right to the heart of people. He does it because that's what God does. He doesn't seem to care how things appear. He cares about the heart. It's not what we do. begins with the Pharisees and the scribes. They're the first ones to cry foul on this whole thing. They, they don't like how this stuff Jesus is doing appears. He heals on days when he's not supposed to. He eats and drinks with the most unsavory of people. People that society has cast out kind of people that we would never find ourselves with to save ourselves He's, he's doing that kind of stuff. He's threatening the way that they've been doing things. We don't like how that looks. Let's get rid of him. And they say, let's get rid of him. We need to get rid of him. And they keep saying it. They keep saying it. They keep looking at the outside appearance of things. They don't actually spend time trying to get to know him, trying to get to know his heart. No, get rid of him, they say. Get rid of him. And they keep arguing and arguing until the people finally follow suit and say the same thing. Yeah, let's get rid of him. Crucify him. Put him on a cross. We put him on a cross. Jesus had every right to judge and condemn us. But he didn't. You know what he said? Forgive them. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. He was right. He was right on the money about that. We don't know what we're doing. We don't. We scream and shout and hurt and separate and divide and distance ourselves from one another and we justify it all with our information. We are in desperate need of a God who knows us better than we know ourselves. A God who notices the heart. Guess what? We've got